1: This is Bloomberg Business of Sports. We're in a situation
2: that we haven't dealt with in modern times.
3: The pandemic here has really accelerated the investments that we've been advocating for for years.
2: From a macro standpoint, I think our sport industry is really forced to look at the business a little bit differently.
1: In-depth conversations with the leaders in the sports industry. Esports is a good aberration. We're still moving forward. We're part of something much bigger than sport right now. The health and safety of our stakeholders is what's most important. Every moment, I think we're all, from a business perspective, thinking about the impact that the virus is having across
2: the country. Bloomberg Business of Sports, from
3: Bloomberg Radio. Hello, everyone. I'm Jason Kelly. Happy Monday.
2: And I'm Mike Lynch. I hope everyone had a great Father's Day weekend.
1: And I'm Michael Barr, and the same as everybody out there, happy Father's Day belated. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports.
3: A lot of drama this weekend in the world Mm. of sports, guys. On the links, on the court, uh, some building drama as we head toward the Olympics. Uh, I think you know where I'm going to start. The final four (laughs) of the NBA is set Was that you singing? (laughs) Suns, Clippers, uh, I dare say literally no one saw this Final Four coming, Lynchy, If you are sitting in in an office at TNT or anywhere, (laughs) any broadcaster, maybe even the NBA, this is not what you want from a ratings perspective. And yet, there are some great storylines here.
2: There are. And if you're also uh, an executive at ABC or ESPN, you're not too happy right now with the fear of the four markets, uh, not major markets. But there are some interesting side stories. This Atlanta Hawks team taken over by Nate McMillan and Trey Young playing with a damaged shoulder. Uh, They're a pesky bunch that uh, doesn't know how to quit. Um, they withstood a number of waves and runs by a home crowd and a, a favorite, the number one seed, the 76ers. And uh, as Elton John sings, I'm still standing, baby.
3: Yeah, pretty unbelievable. I mean, so Michael Barr, as you look across this, uh, you know, some of these storylines, what what jumps out to you?
1: Well, pretty much the same thing you guys said earlier. I'm sure... And when the Eastern Conference final is now the Hawks and the Bucks, and congratulations to you, by the way, Jason. I know you you have yeah. the Atlanta ties, and they're there. But I'm sure the TV execs were saying, "Oh, snot, not this man," yeah. because you've got the Suns and the Clippers in the Western Conference. I could just see something like a Hawks Suns contest. At least you want the Clippers in there, but yeah. if you have the the Hawks and the Suns, or worse, the the Bucks in the Suns, yeah, I, I I don't know. And again, that's no disrespect to the teams. I mean, anytime you you get to this point, uh, you're doing something. But I mean, for a TV exec, that that's got to be tough.
3: So here's how unlikely this Final Four is. The last time one of these franchises won a championship in the NBA, 1971. That would have been the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Mm -hmm. There are only two titles among the four of them total, and one of them belongs to the Hawks when they played in St. Louis in 1958. I mean, these are not perennial powerhouses by any stretch. I mean, it's also interesting when we go a level down to understand sort of how we got here. The, The business of the NBA obviously is robust. We know that to be a fact. They came back to play. They managed through a lot of different COVID protocols. And yet, when we saw Game 1 yesterday with the Phoenix Suns and the Los Angeles Clippers, Devin Booker went off a triple-double. But he was playing without CP3, Chris Paul, because he's under COVID protocol. So this is still lingering Lynchy, you know, all the sort of COVID after effects and, and not even after effects, but the current state of the pandemic is still going to have an influence on this championship.
2: You know, had the Clippers and Jazz uh, gone to an extra game, game one would not have started until tomorrow night, and there might have been a chance that CP3 could have played in this thing. But he's got to be in isolation for 10 to 14 days and then has to take two negative tests within 24 hours of each other. So there's no guarantee or lock that he's coming back in in game number number two. And there's conflicting reports that whether or not he's been vaccinated or not. uh, He's told some reporters that he was, and some other people really question that
3: yeah so we'll see how how that plays out. I mean, obviously, he's one of the the yeah. big players in in all of this literally yeah. and figuratively. He's the president of the Players Association. you know he's ubiquitous on your airwaves with state farm commercials and things like that. And as yeah. you say, Trey Young down in uh, down in Atlanta has probably emerged if you if you have to think about it from the perspective of who comes out of this, regardless regardless of what happens next. Who comes out of this as the breakout star and someone who is the most marketable or, you know, increasingly marketable? It's got to be Trey um, at this point. And, you know, I'll, I'll be a little bit of a homer here, even from a business perspective. I do think that, you know, L.A. obviously is a big market, but you're talking about kind of the second fiddle team with sure. the Clippers. Um, Atlanta is a fascinating market here, and I do think that what has happened, and I was texting with a bunch of friends last night in the aftermath of the game. I mean, this potentially starts a flywheel for this franchise under the Tony Wrestler ownership. You know, he's only on the team for a handful of years here. You've got Steve Coonan running the team, who's a very seasoned marketing uh, executive, marketing and broadcast executive. You know, winners draw other winners they draw other players um so we'll see what happens and and as i've said to you guys i've said to a lot of people off air these guys are playing with house money uh in a lot of ways and uh i think the matchup with the bucks is a tough one for the hawks for sure Giannis certainly is coming into his own i do want to do a beat if we can though on the disappointment here in our backyard or in michael bars and, and my backyard lynchie about the kevin durant led nets falling short you know this was a team that I think three months ago certainly when all of these guys were healthier certainly six months ago when when Durant and Irving and Harden were all healthy this looked like a, a clean march to to the finals mm-hmm. for the Nets.
2: it did and we all know going back to Larry Bird and Magic Johnson that the NBA is marketed by on individual players not teams yeah. individuals you go to Michael Jordan you go to LeBron James you go to Kobe Bryant Shaquille O'Neal who are the personalities in this series right now, both of them? You get Chris Paul, he's out. Trey Young could emerge. He's a very likable guy, and everybody likes to root for the little guy against the Davy and Goliath. And I, th- I think that, th- that Trey Young is going to grab a lot of attention nationally. But marketing going into this thing to try to get the peripheral fan to watch, who are you going to sell him on? Giannis? I don't know. There's nobody really you – can, you, can, you, you can sell the peripheral sports fan and try to get them in to watch these two series.
3: Yeah, interesting. The last thing I'll say about the NBA, and then we can move on, and, and I'm sure we'll be talking about this over the next few weeks, especially depending on who goes to the final. I mean, you have in the case of the Clippers, the Bucks, and the Hawks – you know, three pretty interesting owners insofar as, you know, Steve Ballmer, obviously, with the Clippers, you know, taking them to a new level. The Mark Lazary led uh, ownership group there in Milwaukee. This has been a promise really built on Giannis and, of course, Tony Ressler um, down at the Hawks. This is this new wave of owners in in many ways, and I think it, it'll be interesting to see what the knock-on effects of all of that is. So, meanwhile, uh, COVID also played a, a bit of a, a supporting role or, or an yeah. underlying yeah. Um, role in the drama at the U.S. Open mm. because Lynchy, this was fascinating oh, to I see Rom, who you know arguably had one of the biggest setbacks, a very 2021 setback, just a couple weeks ago, and he comes back and wins the U.S. Open. Tell me, tell me what you saw. Well,
2: here's what I saw. I, I immediately flashed back to two weeks ago, Saturday night, when he walked off the 18th green at the memorial with a six shot lead. He was going to cruise in the next day, win the championship, pocket the 1.6 million dollar first place check. Two officials walked over him and told him he tested positive for COVID-19. He dropped to his knees and said, no, no, not again. He immediately had to go into isolation. For 10 days. He couldn't come out until Tuesday of this week when all the other players had already hit Torrey Pines on Monday and were practicing. Meanwhile, he has a three-month-old son who his parents had never seen. They f- were on their way flying over from Spain. He was unable to be with them when the grandparents saw the grandchild for the first time. Now he gets to Torrey Pines on Tuesday. He's, play- he's behind everybody in terms of practicing. He goes out there and he comes on in birdies 17 and he birdies 18. He takes the first place, the U.S. Open, the first Spaniard to do it—just a feel-good story all the way around. Uh, I, you know, I had tears in my eyes when, well, when, when he
3: won that thing. So, Michael Barr, you know, we talked about this even even last week with Pete Bavakwa over at NBC. You know, golf needs these characters; it needs these drama, this drama in some ways. In the absence of Tiger Woods, especially, I mean, I think you you posed that question to Pete very directly. You know. He had an answer, which is like, oh, we got a bunch of young guys. But but part of it is is that no no one can really match Tiger in a singular way. So you need all these other storylines in in part to, or, or in some, I guess, to draw a lot of eyeballs.
1: I, I never understood fans sometimes when you would see it. It's just not golf, but you see it in, in many major sports where they will tell a story about an athlete, a personal story. Uh, as the, the event is going on. And then some fans are like, I don't care all about that. No, 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 no. It, it, those stories make up why we watch sports. We get emotional watching sports. We, we're rooting for this team or we're rooting for this golfer. And, and Lynchy, you hit the nail on the head. I was watching that tournament when Rom dropped to his knees, and I'm like, what just happened? I didn't understand what was going on at the time. And I don't think the, uh, the TV announcers knew what was going on either at first. Yeah. And uh, As we went on, and it's like, oh, man, you've got to be kidding. But good for that young man, 26 years old. Yeah. And it, it's, it was nice to see it.
0: Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply.
1: Good song.
2: The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that?
0: Skip, who do you think?
1: It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka.
2: Tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This
1: is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the
2: iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: All right, so meanwhile, <laughs> <laughs> at Lynchy, how much do you love this, like, Kevka DeShamba? Like, I mean, this well, is... The- this candidly is the sort of drama, I hate to say it, that golf needs, two guys who just flat out don't like each other.
2: You know it's this is Ali Frazier. it's a Russell <laughs> Chamberlain, it's uh, <laughs> you name it. It is, you know, the Hatfield's and the McCoys, and it's pretty it's pretty healthy. You know, the, this big uh, celebrity match that's coming up with with the Shambo and Mickelson and uh, Rogers and Tom Brady. I would love to have them. And Phil Mickelson even joked about it. He said, "Wouldn't it be great if we could have Kepka take my place in this?" And then totally. he pauses. He goes, "He pauses. He goes, but they wanted the PGA champion." Oh so.
3: snap! <laughs> No, but it really is something. I mean, I was reading, I believe, on Sportico this morning about how their social media impressions are way up, these two guys, because it is drawing in. I mean, and this is building exactly on what you were talking about, Bar, like this notion of you're bringing in new fans who are seeing this on Twitter or seeing this on Instagram. And regardless of what you – know or don't know about the nuances of you know which iron to play from what distance given you know the weather conditions everyone can relate to you know what i just don't like that guy <laughs> and <laughs> and you're just seeing that play out uh and and again it's not it's a reminder to me at least that the way you're going to draw in new fans is not through a sort of stayed broadcast it's going to be Guys just being chippy with each other, and you know, tweeting something snarky, or you know, saying something under their breath, or you know, in this case, sort of an eye roll that ultimately goes viral.
1: They should put DeShambo and Kepka in studio together. And you remember, when Lynchy brought it up with the other Fraser Ali. Remember that in studio fight yeah. that was. With Howard. And yeah. Howard goes, well, we don't know if this is real or not. And I, and I was watching that. I'm like, whoa, what's going on? And, but you're right jason golf needs something like this and those stories is i'm gonna be blunt i'm gonna play it up because it's fun sure. to watch and it's it's about sports and and like you said sometimes you're not going to like an athlete uh male or female just because you don't like that athlete i mean that that happens so it's i think it's
2: fun so i i can't wait the PGA actually has a 40 million dollar bonus this year. Right. They're good, they're going to distribute among 10 players who move the needle on social media the most and the person who does it the most is going to get a first prize of 8
3: million dollars. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So that's why you're seeing a lot of traffic now
3: from the players. Totally. And and you have to think, I mean, there there's a part of me that thinks that somebody's going to catch like <laughs> These two guys like on vacation together, you know. <laughs> at some point, you know, like hanging out with their families, and essentially being like, "Well, we got them." You yeah, know, I mean, there is this kind of reality show uh element to all of this, but it is good for the game. You know, anything that engages people, and and I do think again, I just go back to this notion of everybody's got, you know, probably that man or woman at their office who's like, you know what. I just I just don't like them, and you know you can really um, you can really relate to it, and and that's the sort of thing that you know the, the human piece of sports is always the thing um, that is that is most most appealing, and and one of the things that we always see every four years, or in this case it's been five, is the Olympics, and and that human element obviously comes through. I mean it's become almost a cliche the sort of tug-at-your-heartstrings backstories that we see as the Olympic broadcast comes on. And if you didn't uh, check out our conversation last week with Pete Bavacqua, the chairman of NBC Sports, you should listen to that because he talks a little bit about what's going to go on um, at the Olympics. They're going to have a 1,000 people, NBC Sports is, to stand up their broadcast. I think 100 people are already over there. Um, The good news from the Tokyo Games is that Domestic spectators, ten thousand uh, are going to be allowed uh, to actually watch the games in person. Lynchy, I have to say, I continue to be surprised. If you had told me a month ago, or certainly three months ago, Olympics definitely going to happen, I was in the the Dowdys camp on, on that. I mean, this is this is moving ahead, and feels like the Japanese government and even the Japanese people have said, all right, well. I guess this is happening. Let's make the best of it.
2: I think they're saying, you know, we, post, we had to postpone it last yeah. year. We don't have to postpone it, but we probably should postpone it this year. At the worst, maybe we can uh, stage the games without any fans at all. And now we've got 10,000 in there. But they may be mute because shouting and yelling is prohibited when you go to any one of these events and you must wear a mask and you must go directly to your venue and go directly home afterwards not know how they're going to police that i mean you stop off and just have a you know a burger and a beer you know, who's going to say, "Well, you get Michael. You need to get, go directly to your home right now. Put down right. that cheeseburger, and please, uh... <laughs> <laughs> please, step away from the cheeseburger, <laughs> sir. Please step away from the
3: cheeseburger. You can have a bowl of cereal at your home." <laughs> well,
1: headquarters is going to hear about this. <laughs> yeah, no, it
3: is. Uh, it is going to be but very think- different. This is not the Olympics we're used to, right?
2: No, but then think about the, you know, this, this, the trickle down effect. I mean, so, all right, we've got uh, 10,000, 50%, 10,000 max. All right, so this 50% of ticket revenue is gone right out the window. The ones yeah. that they've already sold, they've already refunded 840,000 uh, p- p- different tickets at different uh, price levels. Concessions, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. It's the same discussion we've been having uh, since COVID began uh, the trickle down effect.
3: Uh, so before we go, we're going to do some, a little walk down memory lane here. But I got to ask you about what's going on with uh, the Celtics. Uh, you, you know, I mean, here I am <laughs> reveling in the Hawks sort of moving in and we've got Paul Pierce. We've got Kimball Walker. Like, what's ha- Give me give me the 30 seconds on what's happening with uh, that storied franchise.
2: They need a coach. You better assign Nate McMillan down in Atlanta pretty soon, or the Celtics are going to scoop him up. That's, yeah. an, that's A. B, Kemba Walker didn't play in any back-to-back games this year, missed the first 11. They owe him $73 million. He's gone uh, to Oklahoma City. Paul Pierce is launching a new line of uh, cannabis products. They're going to be under the label The Truth. They're going to be uh, with a marijuana operator, the Hubcraft. Uh, It's going to be lotions, it's going to be concentrates, uh, it's going to have a flower next fall. He claims that after he was stabbed in 2000 in a nightclub uh, incident that all the prescription drugs were given to him by by, by team doctors, didn't work at all, they were very addictive. And smoking marijuana helped him relax, cure his anxiety, his depression, and helped him sleep. And somehow he passed all the drug tests for 20 years while he was doing it.
3: Yeah, and of course, Paul Pierce uh, was in the headlines not too long ago, being mm-hmm. fired at ESPN for an Instagram live video that um, you know maybe was not the most appropriate thing for uh, for an on-air personality or or even a uh, or even a player. So it sounds like he's sort of moving into, I dare say, a, a more appropriate business for for the, <laughs> uh, for the lifestyle um, that he is pursuing. All right, so as we wrap up here uh happy father's day belatedly uh to both of you hope you're able to enjoy your family so uh any sport i'm I'm gonna open it up and say and ask any good sports related memories or just you know a memory in general recent or or either personal or observed mine i will say was observed and 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 not personal and i'll wait till the end so Lynchy, go ahead
2: I'm going to have to go with John Rahm yesterday. I'm thinking of all the great days I had with my dad just simply playing catch or watching um, the U.S. Open together on television. But John Rahm yesterday when he held his little three-month-old son, and he said, you know, you have no idea what's going on, but you will know someday. And just coming back from, the, from COVID, winning it, he got to see his parents out on the 18th green. That tugged at my heart, uh, to, again, to use an overused phrase. And that's my Father's Day memory. It happened uh, t- less than 24 hours ago all right
3: bar you're up
1: i remember my father was a big fisherman and we had this little cottage uh in in canada in in ontario rondo bay uh, I'll, I'll never forget this so we go up there uh several weekends and uh this particular father's day uh we went fishing and there was you know i and i'm i'm just i'm just like an eight-year-old kid and we you know i'm fishing out there and he's got the reel and I got my little cane pole and I caught a fish and he said hey that's good son and then I caught another one and another one and another one and you could see just <laughs> as the face of this was going <laughs> away it's like now what in the sand is this well I just happened to be a school of fish there and uh, the fish were biting for me anyway they weren't biting for dad
3: well, that's a that's a very nice memory, very nice story. I'm going to close this out where we began with the Atlanta Hawks, and if you were watching the broadcast last night, you saw Trey oh, Young. Yeah. He walked into the tunnel, then he popped back out, took off his jersey, and ran up a little bit of, of ways into the stands and uh, tossed his uh, tossed his jersey to his dad. Uh, Rayford Young, who he is named for his full name, Trey Young's full name is Rayford Trey Young. Um, and there's a great tweet from, uh, from his dad, actually, from last night. It says, My relationship with the Trey Young at the Trey Young is something that I hope all fathers have. Since sixth grade, I've texted him before games to remind him of who he is and how hard he's worked. He told me last night what my Father's Day gift would be. So very sweet. Um, and for all of us who have gotten the chance to watch our kids excel at sports there's nothing better there it, it's better than achieving anything yourself is is watching that uh, happen so uh it felt really good for for trey to have his dad there and and just a reminder i think of how far we've come even over the course of this pandemic where you know we all had to watch our kids or watch our favorite teams via you know local live links and youtube highlights and tweets and things like that uh, to actually be able to to see, you know, to sort of see your own uh, out there mm. is a very, very special thing. So very happy yeah. that uh, despite the fact that he was very much in enemy territory, <laughs> that Rayford Young <laughs> was able to see uh, Trey pull out that win. And good for Trey for sort of like realizing that that would be a very... Special memory to instantly have uh, to to toss that jersey to his dad. And, and and
2: do you think the Philly security police could have just stepped out of the way and let him come up and give his father a hug? You know? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> there, were, there, were, there were two of them. He had to toss exactly. it over two heads to get it there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
3: that's exactly. Well, that's true. That's true. Because let me tell you, there were no Sixers fans hanging around there at that point. They were uh, they were going to drown their sorrows somewhere uh, somewhere in the greater Philly area.
1: I think anytime you have. Uh, Trey Young's shoes and their nickname, the Ice Tray. I think that's great. Man. I love it. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Michael Barr. You can follow me on Twitter at Big Barr Sports, and
2: I'm Mike Lynch. You can follow me at Lynchewcvb,
3: and I'm Jason Kelly. Find me at Jason Kelly News. We're here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week. We're going to catch up with Benjamin Nazarian. He's the CEO of Therabody. They have gathered an impressive roster of athletes who are endorsing their products all about recovery as well as my interview with no less than one of the greatest of all time david beckham so check that oh. out as oh. the week goes along
1: you're listening to bloomberg business of sports on bloomberg radio around the world and online wherever you get your podcasts